Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. How many of you people remember you as a person living in a home you lived at a home when the front door and the back door are always left open. Let me see your hands. There you go. See, you young people are going, what are you, crazy? What do we do today when you get ready to walk out of the house? What does your spouse say to you? Did you like the front door? Did you like the screen door? Did you put the garage down? Am I right? In the thousand years, no crime. Now think of that. No need for a key. Alexa will go crazy. It's probably impossible for you to think of a time when there wasn't war or the threat of war. Even on a personal level, there are almost always conflicts of some sort simmering, threatening to boil over into open conflict. The ability to live without either of those would be amazing. Well, Pastor Mark's going to be teaching about a time like that which is to come. You'll hear about the reign of Jesus and how he's going to take away war. You'll be learning about what's called the Millennium, the thousand-year reign of Jesus right here on the earth. You'll discover that it'll be an exciting time to be alive. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he begins his message, Paradise Restored During the Millennium. All right, if you think about the word paradise, here's the definition of paradise. A place of great happiness where everything is exactly as you would like it to be. You know, we all live a life of paradise. (laughs) Well, maybe not. Let me give you an example. If you were given a two-week, all-expense-paid vacation anywhere in the world, everything's paid for, it's legit, there's no question about it, What would you do? Where would you go? Mims? (laughs) Well, when you plan a vacation with your kids or your spouse or some friends, the first thing you're going to do is get a flyer. You're going to go to the travel agencies. You're going to get all those things, and you're going to start looking at them. Here's one. This is Tahiti. Anybody like to go to Tahiti right there? All expense paid? Yeah, well, that's a great place. Here's another one I like. I've been there like 12 times, actually more than that. Singapore is phenomenal. That place is absolutely a phenomenal. This is a pool at the top with the edge. Look at the edge. You're looking right down like 20 stories. It's just an amazing place. If you like food, Singapore is the place to go. Spotless, clean, speak English, wonderful. Well, when you got that brochure, wherever you decide to go, what are you going to do with that brochure? Let's just picture you got the brochure here. Guess what you do when you have that? It's four months off. You got the brochures. You finally decided what city or country you're going to go to. 
You know what you do with that? You get it out every night. And you're talking, look, we're going to be here and show the kids here, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And pretty soon, we're so excited about it. Actually, after we get back from the vacation, it was more fun looking at it before than we went. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Well, that's exactly it. So we're going to talk to you today about a place of paradise that if you're a Christian, every single one of you will be there. Way more than two weeks. I'll talk about it as we go through. Now, look at this promise from God. Ephesians chapter 1. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. So turn to Revelation 20, if you will, in your Bibles. And we're going to take a look at the travelogue. We're going to open the Bible. And I'm going to teach you what God says about your future that's coming up. And there's only one truth. It's right here. Everything that I'm going to talk about today, if you're a Christian, you're going to discover. You're going to experience that. After you hear this, you definitely want to be a believer. During this time that God's going to picture you and I happening is in Revelation 20, in that time period, he's going to restore the world back to what it was like in the Garden of Eden. In many ways, this restoration will be kind of like heaven on earth. This period of time is going to be 1,000 years. It's called the millennium. And it's the next step after the second coming of Jesus. You will be more excited today when you leave than when you came. Seriously, watch it. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and go, I'm excited about God's plan for my future. Come on. I'm excited about God's plan for my future. Can you really be, if I just told you, everybody listen to me, uh, somebody donated a million dollars and you have a two-week vacation for everybody, would you be excited? What would that sound like? Let me hear it. Exactly. Well, that's not true. But what I'm telling you is true. Are you excited about God's plan? Absolutely. So let's take a look at what that looks like as we go through. Now, remember, we finished Revelation 19, and that was the second coming of Jesus to the earth as promised. Jesus defeated all the enemies of the Antichrist. All the people that were unbelievers were dead. And the seven-year tribulation, whoop, came to an end. And what you saw there next was this. The Antichrist and the false prophet, part of that false trinity that Satan had, were thrown into the lake of fire and separated forever from God. And then man's dominion of the earth was finished. Satan no longer had control over anything. And God set up his kingdom on the earth and took complete rule over it. Now, the question you might have is, well, it was the false prophet and it was the Antichrist, but the Trinity, the false Trinity, what happened to Satan? Well, take a look at chapter 20, verse 1. John, 
on the Isle of Patmos, getting a vision from God, the whole book of Revelation. And I saw an angel come down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, which is the bottomless pit, and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil, or Satan, another name for him, and bound him for how long? A thousand years. So before the millennium begins, Satan is restrained. The key represents authority. In other words, Jesus is in total control. Notice how this is accomplished. It's by means of an angel. We have no name for the angel, so it's kind of a nameless angel who chains Satan and confines him to the bottomless pit for a thousand years. That reminds us of one thing. Some people believe that God and Satan are equals, and they wonder how the battle's going to end. That's not true at all. You have to understand, Satan is not equal to God. Satan is simply a created being who rebelled against God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So here's what you want to write. No fear. Satan is not an equal to God. But he can cause a lot of havoc in our lives. This starts the new thing. Right after chapter 19, and we see the tribulation ending, we enter a thousand-year reign where Jesus Christ is in charge. The word is millennium. In the language of Latin, basically, it means a thousand years, 365,000 days. That's where we're going to be. And it's going to be a place of peace and prosperity. In fact, they keep mentioning this all along. Think about this, six times in the passage, millennium. Now, God creates a kind of a new heaven and a new earth later. We're going to be there. But initially, the in-between part is a thousand years on the restored earth. Now, think about this. When you hear the word a thousand years, can you relate to that? No. I mean, I know... You've been to all the stores now, you know, since like September, since August, Christmas trees are up, everything. Lord help us. I mean, does time go fast? Like crazy, like crazy. Well, I have trouble getting around my mind a hundred years. How about you for a thousand? <laughs> thousand years. Maybe even a hundred years. You know, next week, uh, I'll be 76. Well, when you see that happening, you wonder, a thousand years, what is that going to look like? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be fantastic. So you, you can't think it, I can't think it, 365,000 days. Here we go. Now, why would God put Satan in a prison for a thousand years? Why? Here it is. Look at verse 3. The answer. He threw him in the abyss the bottomless pit, and locked and sealed it over him to keep him, tell me, from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. And you'll see what happens. And after that, he must be set free for a little short time. So one of Satan's many names was a serpent of old, a reference to Satan's first encounter with a human being in the Garden of Eden. 
where he got Eve and he deceived Eve. And that brought sin and Adam joined her to all of us. We became uh, a people that had a sin nature because the DNA of Adam and Eve transferred to every single human being that's ever been born. So here's what you need to understand. Satan's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy by deceiving people. Now, Peter warns us about this. Look at this. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, let me explain to you. We are not in the millennium. You got that. We're living in the real life. You'll see where that is in a moment. So do we still have an enemy after us? Yeah. Does, does it affect us? Yes, it does. It's called what? Spiritual warfare. We're not there yet. We will get there. That's why it's called paradise. <laughs> There'll be no more sin, no more temptation. Hallelujah. Well, we're not there yet. So we have to be alert what's happening. So why does God put him during those thousand years, chain him away? Because he can't deceive anybody. And there'll be no sin in that thousand year. You just see how that happens. Now, toward the end, you'll see a different picture as we move along. Now, that thousand year reign will be safe and peaceful because Jesus is in charge and Satan is blocked up. When the church began, we're the church age, the church of Jesus Christ, all the churches that love Jesus and turn their life to him, it started on the day of Pentecost. There it is, the present church age. Then the rapture of the church, where all believers go to heaven instantly, get it, wait, not to the wrath, we're not going through the tribulation, we get there, people that have died already as Christians, they go a little ahead of us and we get our new glorified bodies. Okay, good, good, good. Next thing that happened was, all of a sudden, here's a seven-year tribulation. We went through all of that. What happened? That was God's wrath on the earth, people that said, not interested in you, not interested in you. And so that changed everything right there. And then Jesus comes back to the earth, defeats everybody, and he is now king of kings and lords of lords. He, he has set up his kingdom on the earth. Now, what happens right after that, now understand, the return of Christ, everything, we go right into the millennial reign of Christ. And watch me, look at this. Every person that goes into the millennium is saved. There's no unbelievers that go in. Every single person that goes in. So let me see how many of you will go in to that. Okay, well, we might, that's good, that's great. We might have a great altar call. Because some of you, if, unless you misunderstood what I said, you're not saved, you won't go into that. You won't get, there's another place. You don't want to go to the other place. So you see what happened? We'll just do a little short ending to the book of Revelation because we're going to talk about a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. Now, think about Satan. Satan loves to divide. He divides worlds, families, missions. Let me give you an example. What comes to your mind when you... Hear these two words. The United Nations. The UN. You are unnecessary. <laughs> the UN. Can you say, when you hear United Nations, do you believe that all the nations of the world are united in unity? They all agree? I like never. It just doesn't happen. Well, there's another one. The United States. When you think about the United States, are the states, the people, Congress, our political society, are they all united? <laughs> Horrible. 
By the way, I'll just give you a clue. This is up front. There will be no politics in the millennium. <laughs> okay. Don't email me. Let me just go right on now. You see, in our time, our world right now is filled with division, not unity. That's because Satan is ruling our world now. He loves to divide people. God loves to unite, make us one. So our world is filled with immorality, hatred, pain, disease, death, and there is no real peace at all. But Jesus has a solution. Now, I'm going to share with you, so this will make sense to you. Many of the things I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you and to me during that thousand years is not from the New Testament. It's from the Old Testament. They're prophecies of what was going to happen. So here's the first one. Isaiah, Old Testament. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. When's the last time you saw an international dispute (laughs) resolved? Are you kidding? And they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. Could I hear an amen right there? Now, why is that? Because Satan's bound up. He has no influence on a thousand years. The Prince of Peace, he'll be there. He's going to destroy all the weapons. No military training anywhere. No wars. And there'll be a world of peace for a thousand years. There's nobody I'm talking to. Actually, there's nobody in the world that's ever experienced lasting peace in our world. You say, oh, yes, Pastor Mark, there was a World War I, and then it ended. Well, what happened next? World War what? Two. You never have it. So we will experience peace for a thousand years. You've never experienced it. I've never experienced that. So here's what I want to say to you. The millennium, a thousand-year reign of real world peace. You say, Pastor Mert, really? Are you sure of that? Well, here's the Bible, Micah 4.4. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity. There'll be no need for a thousand years. Enjoying their own grapevines, fig trees, for there will be nothing to what? Nothing to fear. The Lord of heaven's armies has made this promise. So that's a promise from God. Can you imagine living a thousand years with no fears of any kind? I won't ask you, but I guarantee you in the last month, you and I have had fears At least once, probably more than that. Different things happening, whatever we have fears. And we just have to ask God, God, I need peace. I need peace. We'll never have to ask God that because all of our fears will be gone. No murders, no rapes, no mass shootings, no abortions. Do you know that we'll be able to do something that only old people remember? So you young people, just hold on. How many of you people remember You, as a person living in a home, you lived at a home when the front door and the back door are always left open. Let me see your hands. There you go. See, you young people are going, what are you, crazy? (laughs) What do we do today? When you get ready to walk out of the house, what does your spouse say to you? Did you like the front door? Did you like the screen door? Did you put the garage down? Am I right? In the thousand years, no crime. Now think of that. No need for a key. 
Alexa will go crazy. Because <laughs> there's no fear. Why? Because there's no crime. Why? Because Satan is locked up. The ruler is the Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus. He's going to rule. See, it's hard for us to understand that, but that's exactly that. A peace that passes understanding. Verse 4. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. This would have been during the tribulation. Because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their forehead or their hands, a 666. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So it was John is looking up in Jerusalem, and let me just explain this. Jesus will be on the throne in the city of Jerusalem. That's God's city. Next to him will be King David from the Old Testament, who will be kind of like his vice president. So when he looks up, he sees these people ruling with Christ and with David. And these people are the Old Testament believers, people who died during the Old Testament time. New Testament believers, that's you and me. We'll either die there or go up in the rapture. And Jesus' apostles, the 12 apostles, will be there. And the tribulation Christ followers who died for their faith, they'll be there as well because they're believers. And what we're going to do, you'll see this later in our teaching, we're going to help govern and judge people who choose during this thousand years to rebel against God. Now, I know you're saying, well, wait a minute. You said everybody that goes into millennium are believers. That's true. I'll show you how that works in a minute. Now, Verses 5 and 6, I'm not even going to read it this morning because I'm going to put that toward the end of chapter 20 because it fits perfectly. Just look at verse 5 and 6. You'll see a couple interesting words. And they are basically first resurrection. What's first resurrection mean? And then you're going to see as you go there, second death. What's that mean? Well, you're going to see there's a first resurrection and a second resurrection. There's going to be a first death and a second death. So let's scoot on down. When the world was created, it was created perfect. There was no pollution. There was none of the kind of things we see, hurricanes, storms, tornadoes, all that destruction. So much so that it was called, Garden of Eden was called paradise. Exactly. But when sin came, you remember what happened immediately with Adam and Eve. Well, women are going to what? It's going to be painful in childbirth. The guys, you're going to work in the gardens or whatever. There was no crabgrass. <laughs> Seriously, there was no crabgrass in paradise. There's going to be no crabgrass on my lawn in a thousand-year reign. Praise God. <laughs> crabgrass always grows more than regular grass. You know what I'm talking about. It comes up in the cement, for crying out loud. Plus, remember the thorns? All the stuff that you have to... No bugs, none of that kind of stuff. All gone. Well, what happens is everything is going to be kind of restored during the thousand years to a Garden of Eden-like. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. 
As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com forward slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we are constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. Hear your